Welcome to the Faithfully Free Podcast. I'm Katie Bailey. I'm a wife, mom, licensed professional counselor, and I'm passionate about seeing women flourish in their relationships. In this podcast, we will focus on how, as a woman after God's own heart, you can learn to live faithfully free, despite any toxic people you may encounter. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome. This is episode 22 of the Faithfully Free podcast. I'm really glad you're here today. We are talking about relationship green flags. Uh, And you're probably thinking, Katie, what in the world is a relationship green flag? Well, as a counselor, I spend a lot of time talking to people about red flags in relationships, knowing what we want to avoid in our dating relationships as well as our friendships is really important. We need to know sort of what are the signs that are sort of a cautionary tale, right? Like, be careful, beware, that's going to be hurtful. But I really wanted to do an episode on what are the traits that we should look for? How can we figure out who are the emotionally safe, trustworthy, good people to allow into our lives at a deeper level? That's what we're going to talk about today. At the end of this episode, I really want you to feel more comfortable and more confident in recognizing the characteristics of reliable people and to be more aware of how you choose who you're going to invest your time and energy in in your life. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Today we're going to look at five important traits of reliable, trustworthy, safe people. So think the opposite of a toxic person. These are the kind of people that you want to give your time to, that you want to allow into your life You know, I've talked before about concentric circles, the way to sort of conceptualize uh, the levels of closeness of people in your life. This is how we recognize who do we let into those inner circles, right? So here are the five traits. Number one, emotionally safe, reliable people are honest. Relationships are based on trust. And in order to create any kind of emotional safety, you must be able to believe what someone says. If you can't ever believe anything they say, that's automatically an unsafe relationship, right? Because it's always, you know, sort of on a seesaw. You're not really sure what's really happening here. And that can never, ever grow into emotional safety. So safe, emotional, healthy people are honest. Number two is sort of related to number one. But number two is trustworthy people earn your trust over time. They don't demand it. Trust is a lot like a sapling, right, Um, of a tree. In the beginning, those trees are little small saplings and they're easily knocked over and you have to really take care of it so it doesn't get trampled, right? In the beginning, um, it's very fragile. It's careful. But as time goes on, the roots get deeper and deeper and the tree becomes stronger and more stable. This is how trust should be in relationships. Toxic people demand that you trust them. When there's no evidence, they're trustworthy. It's not something that you freely give to them because they've earned it, because you've seen that they're trustworthy over time. They demand it. 
safe people allow that trust to grow over time. They allow the roots of the relationship to grow deeper and deeper. And then the tree is stronger. The relationship is stronger. So trustworthy, emotionally safe people don't demand your trust. They earn it slowly over time. Okay, the third point, green flag people will apologize and change their behavior. So saying I'm sorry isn't enough by itself. We've talked about this before on the forgiveness and reconciliation episode. You can go check that out if you haven't heard it. But saying I'm sorry just doesn't cut it. They also need to change their behavior. Toxic people will say I'm sorry. They'll say the words. But they don't change anything and they kind of use it as a way to manipulate you to continue the relationship. Healthy, um, emotionally healthy green flag people, as we're talking about today, they will apologize and they'll really mean it. And they will show that they mean it by changing their behavior. So here's an example from the Bailey family. So in my house, we've been working on not interrupting each other. Now, to be totally transparent, this drives me nuts. I can't stand it when all of us, Nate and I included, talk over one another. Recently, we sat down as a family, and we each got to take our turn to say how we feel when other people talk over us, when we don't feel like we can be heard. Now, again, being really honest here, sometimes I respond well to when people interrupt each other, and sometimes I don't. (laughs) Sometimes I really don't. So this morning, I actually responded really well. My kids were all talking over one another, and they always tend to talk to me at the same time when they're talking over one another, and I just get flooded and overwhelmed, and I can lose it. But today I didn't. Today I spoke I spoke very slowly with my voice. I was softly talking like this. I had them all sit on the couch. We talked it through, and we prayed together. And our day went off better because of my response. However, a few days ago, I didn't respond so well. It was the same situation. They were all talking over one another. They were all asking me for things. And I erupted. I, you guys, I screamed so loud at my kids that my throat hurt. Okay? We all sat down on the couch again. But this time, I apologized to my kids. I was really, really grieved that I had responded that way. It made me sad to think that I had scared them with my yelling. But see, then I tried to change my behavior. This morning, I responded differently. My children apologized for speaking over one another. And since we've been working through this, I have noticed them trying to make behavior change. Conlin, my six-year-old, he will even raise his hand now at the dinner table when he wants to speak. Now, while I hope that eventually we can get away from having to raise our hands while we're eating dinner together, I really do appreciate Conlon's effort in not wanting to interrupt his brother, his sister, or his mom or his dad. He's waiting his turn, which is really hard when you're six. And let's be honest, it's really hard when you're an adult. James and Charlotte and Nate are all doing the same. I can notice it. They try to catch themselves, right, before they're interrupting. People are taking deep breaths, and they're able to wait their turn. Now, we don't get it perfect all the time, and we definitely still have some bumps in the road. But the point is that together, when we apologize, truly apologize and are repentant, right? All five of us were sad that we had hurt one another's feelings. 
when we can really honestly repent and then work together to change our behavior, that is safety in all of our relationships, right? We're creating deeper connections with one another that way. Because of our love for one another, we're working as a family for true repentance and change. So just saying I'm sorry doesn't cut it. If I had just said, oh, hey, kids, sorry, I'm yelled at, I yelled at you, but then I kept yelling at them over and over and made no effort to make anything different, that's useless. That's empty. That means nothing. We need to follow up our apologies, our repentance with behavior change. So that's the sign of a green flag person. All right, number four, safe people have empathy. Empathy is the ability to see and feel things from someone else's perspective. Now, empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is removed. It's sort of keeping somebody at arm's length. Empathy is sitting with someone else and really feeling their pain. Okay? Now, some people might say, oh, I just, I don't function that way. I'm not good at that. So some of us are just naturally more bent to empathy, but all of us can work on this skill. It is a skill that you can learn with practice. So here's an example of the difference between empathy and sympathy. If my neighbor's spouse dies, sympathy would be me calling out from my front yard while I'm grabbing the mail. Hey, I'm really sorry your spouse died. Don't worry. I'm sure it'll be fine. or I'm sure you'll meet somebody else someday. That's really kind of cold and hard and just I'm acknowledging the loss, but I'm definitely keeping it at arm's length and I don't want to feel or experience any of that pain with my neighbor. Empathy is going over to their house and sitting on the couch and saying to them, I'm really heartbroken that your spouse has passed away. I'm really glad to sit here with you for a while if you'd like. And I can even bring dinner over too. This empathic empathetic answer demonstrates that I know that grief is painful. I know that it's lonely and I know that it's exhausting. It also communicates to my neighbor that their pain doesn't scare me away. It's not too much for me. I'm willing to have a little bit of that, right, with them, to share that with them. Empathy creates connection. Empathy is easily, easily one of the most important life skills in my opinion. So many other relational skills depend on it. It's foundational. We have to be able to experience empathy. So another green flag, somebody who's empathetic. Okay, number five, emotionally healthy people do not get defensive. So conflict is essential to all relationships. Friendships, family members, marriages, coworkers, all of them, they all will have some sort of conflict at some point. In fact, if people come to see me for counseling and they say they don't ever have conflict, I get suspicious. Chances are they're avoiding it, which is very common. But when you do avoid conflict, you create all kinds of other issues. The key here is that safe people don't get defensive, right? So if you bring up an issue to them, they're able to hear you. This takes humility. Healthy people recognize that they are not perfect, that they're capable of, of mistakes. And as Christians, this means that we have a proper view of ourselves before God. We understand that all of us are sinners. And when someone brings up an issue with you, saying that you've done something to hurt them, the green flag response is to consider what they're saying, to really think about it. Is any of that true? 
Sometimes they will be right, and you will need to repent and start behavior change. It's also possible they might not be right, but you can still respond well without being defensive. You need to use empathy to understand what they're saying and work on a solution together. Now, this gets trickier with toxic people because they use accusations to manipulate, and your responses to that are slightly different. So we're talking here in just the course of challenging relationships, maybe not full-on toxic ones. But the point is, is when someone comes to you with a concern, a problem in the relationship, you don't get defensive and you actually consider it. No, no matter what, if you agree or disagree, those are the initial responses. And that's a green flag response. Okay, so the five green flag responses, the things we're looking for in quality, trustworthy, healthy, safe relationships. Those people are honest. They earn your trust over time. They don't demand it. They apologize and change their behavior. They show empathy and they don't get defensive. If you can find these traits in people, that's a good sign that that's a quality friendship that is worth letting into your inner circles. Okay, you guys know I really want you all to be living faithfully free. I want you to really know what it is to be obedient to God, to know the freedom of living within the bounds that he gives us, right? And then to experience the flourishing life, the flourishing relationships that that brings. So I wrote my free seven-day ebook devotional. It's called What God Really Says About Toxic Relationships, and there's a link for it in the show notes. Please click and download if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. That really does help other people find it who can benefit from our conversations. You can follow me on Instagram at faith.freedom.flourish. And we have our private Facebook group. There's a link in the show notes to join that group as well. Please also, if you have any questions you want me to answer or any suggestions for podcast episodes, um, you can shoot me an email at hello at faithflourish.com. Or you can send me a private message on Facebook, whatever feels easier for you. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, keep living faithfully free. 